the western edge of Garnet's city limits, the forested plain abruptly stopped and suddenly gave way to scrub pines and junipers and rocky arroyos. The land continued on in that same pattern, arid and mostly barren, for another fifty miles until the earth suddenly heaved upward and melded into the Boise Hills. From their vantage point, two-thirds of the way to the top of Shimmerhorn, The Boise Hills looked like the humps of a hundred blonde grizzly bears dimpling the land and softly undulating in the summer mirage. Although he could not see Boise itself, another seventy miles distant from where the hills started, he could see a smog-like blur of grayish color where he imagined the city to be. Just a few miles to the south of Boise was the Idaho State Correctional Institution at Kuna, a place Jace Fuller hoped never to have to lay eyes on again. Jace eased off his camelback day pack and wedged it between two small boulders to keep it from tumbling off down the mountainside. He dug their lunch out of the pack, as well as his GPS, and the small pair of Bushnell 8x30s he had remembered to include at the last minute before leaving his room above the bakery that morning on their great adventure. Climbing most of the way to a rugged mountaintop in the sawtooths like Shimmerhorn was no small feat for any man, let alone an eleven-year-old boy on his birthday, and he wanted to give his son the opportunity to look at the world from a whole new perspective that very few people ever had the good fortune to experience. He handed Josh the binoculars and then turned on the GPS— He was concentrating on trying to peel away the saran wrap from their now soggy sandwiches, on which he had used way too much mayonnaise, and he had his back turned to Josh when he heard him cry out, Dad! I can see my school! He turned around just in time to see Josh standing up straight and wobbling on a flat piece of shale the size of a toaster, suddenly lose his horizon as he lowered the binoculars from his face and then start to pitch forward out into space. Josh! Jace leaped to his feet and grabbed at the boy's belt loops, coming up with a fistful of belt leather. He jerked backwards violently on his belt, nearly losing his own balance, and the two of them sat down hard on the rocks, with Josh landing in his lap. Josh lifted the strap of the binoculars over his head and glumly handed them back to his father. I'm sorry, Dad. Jace looked at his son for a moment and saw the deep disappointment in the boy's eyes. The entire hike up the mountain had been conducted as one big lesson in outdoor safety, with Jace stressing the constant danger that Mother Nature often had in store for the unwitting or the downright careless who dared to tromp across her face, unprepared and uninformed. Right before they had left the truck, where he had parked it just off the old mining road at the start of the trailhead, Jace had unfolded the weather-worn canvas tarp he kept in the truck's bed and had given Josh his birthday present a Barnett Tomcat youth bow. Holding the gleaming little black compound beauty in his hands for the first time, with its three practice arrows snapped alongside in its detachable quiver, Josh had looked as if he was about to bust. Now he looked as if he might cry. Jace quickly slipped the strap of the Bushnells back over the boy's head. Nothing to worry about, bud. Unless, of course, you'd gone over the edge— and ended up down there. Jace motioned toward the rock canyon that fell away a short distance in front of them for more than three thousand feet to the bottom, where the narrow, funnel-like entrance to the Devil's Chute was below, the point where they had started their hike from more than two hours before. 
I was looking at my school, and then I got dizzy. You know why? No. It's something called perspective, Josh. It means something we are used to doing, something we are very comfortable with. When we suddenly lose our perspective, we can become disoriented very quickly. I'll bet you didn't get dizzy until you took your eyes away from those binoculars, am I right? Yeah, right after I did. Those are eight power binoculars. The lenses inside them are forcing your eyes to focus on a new perspective that is eight times more powerful than your own eyes normally are. If you keep on staring through them and you don't give your eyes a break, then pretty soon you'll forget that what you are looking at isn't really what you're used to. When you're glassing with binoculars, you need to switch between them and your eyes. Here, let me show you. Jace reached for the bushnells and Josh lifted them from around his neck. Drawing his knees up to...